0: What's important to you? What's important to me? Making sure my family is well taken care of, my home secure, and not overpaying for necessities like home insurance and car insurance. My South Carolina Farm Bureau agent, Grant Williams, not only ensured I had the correct coverage, but he combed through my policy and removed anything I didn't need, which turned into savings for me. He's professional, very knowledgeable, and a pleasure to work with. Grant not only took care of my home and car insurance needs, more importantly, educated me about life insurance and set me up with a policy that's affordable. Most people put life insurance off until it's too late or too expensive. And Grant helped me make the adult decision. Call him today at 803-995-8484. If my dad can't save me money on your car insurance, he doesn't even want your business. This episode is brought to you by Southern Elegance Candle Company, where modern values meet Southern charm. Right now, Check out their spring and summer collection with candle scents such as Celebration, Coastal Waters, and Farmer's Market. And our two personal favorites, Southern Sunshine, which fills the room with an amazing aroma of citrus and sugar, and Southern Nights, which is a blend of sandalwood and gooseberries. Be sure to visit secandlecode.com and use our promo code CRUX. That's C-R-U-X For 15% off all regularly priced items That's S-E-Candleco.com Where they lovingly craft each scent and city combination To elicit a fond memory To whisk you to a place of pure joy On this week's episode of Carolina Sports Talk We have a very special Quick Hits show for you Let's go! Another all new episode of Carolina Sports Talk Starts now. Now Hey, you Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Carolina Sports Talk. It's your main man, Big Cliff. Thank you for tuning in on your favorite podcast app. Next time, tell your smart speaker, play Carolina Sports Talk. You can check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Carolina Sports Talk. Or to be a part of the show, hit us up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, Cliff at Carolinasportstalk.net. We also have that Facebook group out there, Carolina Sports Talk Talks Back. We want to thank you guys for joining in. I am excited to get the show started. Uh as we started in uh in the intro. I told you we got a very special uh, quick hits version. But before all of that, welcome in, my main man and yours, DJ High Star. What's good, bro? Yeah.
1: What's good though?
0: How you been, man? What you what you been up to, man? Been been a long time.
1: Yeah, man. Fresh, fresh off of Dream Bill Fest. Yo, how was that, bro? It was fire, man. It was fire. Uh, <laughs> quick rundown of that if I had to. Um, Ari Lennox, probably the most talented out there as far as voice control and performing live. J. Cole, of course, the main event, he shut it down on Sunday night. Lil Baby shut it down on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Um, but on, on Sunday evening, right before uh, J. Cole said... Yeah, the DJ drama set with Lil Wayne, T.I., and Jeezy all coming out. Um, Oh, wow. So that was epic. Definitely took you back to a lot of the Orangeburg days as far as with just kind of the song selections and stuff. And then Mm -hmm. he had Wiz Wiz Khalifa as well on Sunday. So jam-packed. I can't say enough about it, man. Shout-out to my dog, Dale. Um, And, like, yeah, I, I, I was a... It was a great experience, man. I honestly, I personally am not probably going to miss another one, um, mm. as long as the lineups are good. Uh, catching tickets early is is definitely worth it. You know they 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 got all my money this weekend though, Big clip, definitely. <laughs>
0: well, you said they got give you that good lineup, and then they take your good dollars too, huh?
1: I mean, like I said, to to kind of. Give background my ticket. I I was accommodated for my ticket, which I was, which I am still very, very grateful for. Uber grateful. So I only paid for half of my hotel room. But when I say they got my money, all of the stuff that comes with the festival. So the beer, Mm -hmm. food out there. They was renting lockers out there, which I ended up using. I got some merch while I was out there and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So it's a blessing in itself. Uh, The one thing that I did. Not enjoy was they didn't allow lawn chairs in there. So oh, so you was either standing up or sitting on the floor. On their feet or sitting on a blanket, like a little picnic blanket, if you had one of those out there.
0: Mm, yeah, no, that's that. That's no go for me. But it
1: was it was super lit though.
0: Where? Well, that's what's up. I'm glad you glad you got a chance to uh, enjoy it, man. I was down in Columbia with our friend brother Ashton. Shout out to the bruhz. But um, yeah, I. I had the chance. We actually, we logged on for a second because it was streamed live. Well, we found out it wasn't live, but yeah, it was streamed on Prime. Um, So we checked out a little bit, a couple of performances. I was like, oh, okay, okay. It it seemed like it was a lot of fun. It was definitely a lot of people out there, man. So um, shout out to everybody who made it out to to Dreamville Fest, man. But um, let's jump into the show, bro. This week we are doing uh, for our our listeners a little something different. We're going to uh, combine one of our old segments, but make it into a show. Uh, I think it was uh, Jay-Z said, you made it a hot line, I made it a hot song. So shout out to Hov. I'm not going to tell the folks how, you know, I said it and then wasn't sure about it. It was edited. I can tell you about it without you knowing about it, and I'm still okay with it. So with the quick hits episode, we're just going to take and discuss some of the major headlines, um, have a little quick discussion about it, and keep it pushing.
1: Making a hot segment into a hot show. (laughs) pop
0: I ain't got to make the sound effects with my mind. It's we got a board. Easy, Pause. Man, it's
1: too easy for me.
0: <laughs> so, dog, what what kind of jumped out to you from the sports week, man?
1: Well, you know me. I'm the NBA, the residential NBA guy, I guess.
0: Okay. Resident
1: NBA uh, color commentator, if you will. Uh-huh. Shout out to my boy, Adrian Brody or Pat Riley with the winning time. We'll bring that up later. But nevertheless, right now it's uh, just about playoff time and the new uh, format for the playoffs. It's fairly new. Uh, You can remind the the listeners how, how, you know, fresh or how, how many seasons we've been doing this
0: last season was uh, the first.
1: Okay. So the play in tournament uh, where you have the seventh seed through the 10th seed Mm -hmm. all playing and vying for uh, the last two playoff spots. So we're going to start off in the Eastern conference just frankly, because I know you have a lot to say about the Western Conference. But anyways, <laughs> uh, we got at numbers. So I'll actually start from who's locked up number five and number six, seemingly, if, if everything goes right, last couple of games. Um, Chicago Bulls is number five slot in the East. Toronto Raptors is in the number six slot. Now from seven to 10, we've got Cleveland Cavaliers holding down the number seven spot. Trey, uh, your boy, Ice Trader Gang and Atlanta Hawks holding down the eighth spot the Charlotte Hornets holding Mm. down the ninth spot and the uh, Brooklyn Nets still without Ben Simmons holding down the number 10 spot. Um, Your thoughts on the play in tournament and how you feel or how you forecast that going.
0: I like it because it gives us additional worth towards the end of the season. And even the, the the format itself essentially quote adds new uh, playoff games. I like it also because it's similar to the format, like even like in a tournament, where, yeah, some of the lower seeds, for whatever reason, can get hot and, you know, get, get a run going and, and make some noise. Specifically here in the East, I do see Brooklyn getting in. Um, and honestly, out of the four that you named, the Cavs, Hawks, Hornets, and Nets, um, the Nets are in to me. Um, and I would say also probably I would love to see the Hornets, but I know by just Absolutely. the format and the way to set, one of them are going to knock each other out. So I would say the Hawks. I'd like to see the Hawks and the Nets mm-hmm. in. um Unless there can be some mixing around, but the two that I would love to see was would be Charlotte, of course, and then Brooklyn. But either one of them, specifically, let's say it, the way it falls out that Charlotte um, knocks out locks in the seven and the Brooklyn Nets lock in the number one, they would then be coming in that first round against the Bucs. I like their chances. I know everybody's saying, "Oh, they're the defending champs," and then brother. I like the I like the Nets, and and everybody's saying even if. He comes back at partial strength. I think your man could really. Yes. I think your man's Ben can actually make some noise. Not necessarily, Of course, not offensively, but they don't need him offensively. Defensively, he can lock in, and, and just his presence would be enough to give anybody. They put him on some fits. Can you see him to, taking? Middleton. Exactly. Yeah, no. Nah. So that's, I like the chances in the East, man. Who, who you like out of the four of those to kind of push through and make it I in mean, the last two slides?
1: Yeah, to be frank, of course, you know, being here in the town itself, you'll love to see the Hornets and Buzz City do something. Uh, and it is a play-in game. So it, it's, a, you know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. a look, you do your thing and, and whatnot. But I do see the Nets coming away with that. And then I actually like the Cavaliers um, over the Hawks. Mm. So we'll see how that works out. I like kind of the the Cavaliers uh, consistency, if you will, over the Um, over the season. Um, They've been a kind of a little sleeper team over the season and stuff. And quietly has the good mix of rookies and veterans on their squad to be able to, uh, to be able to pull off a win like that. So we'll definitely see how that goes. Uh, Like I said, I I like the, uh, the Cavs and the nets and that
0: sweet. Now, before we jump out of the East, bro, (laughs) Uh Uh Ooh, something in my throat. Uh What's up with them, Knicks, though,
1: nothing, bro. Are you kidding me right now?
0: <laughs> yes, they have been officially of pumping
1: circumstance. All of that popping circumstance for that, yeah, literally. Let's go ahead and get to the West. Let's go. Wait, ahead well, and get well to now you want to get to the West. You whenever you now, ready, you're ready to go to the West. You know what? I don't know how many times I've lamented over the weeks, bro, that I have <laughs> lowered expectations. There's never been any expectation for me to have, even if they made it to the playoffs, mm. I didn't see them going anywhere. This is me being, this is why, and we'll be talking about it a little bit later, but I I took away my own victories and stuff like that from Monday night and the game that that was because I've been a Yankees and a Knicks fan for so long. Mm -hmm. Again, if you really technically think about it, it's over a decade ago that the Yankees and the pinstripe power have brought home any kind of, um, you know, lumber, as they say, hard or any kind of, you know, trophies and stuff like that. Bruh, I don't know how many ways I could say it. it's lowered expectations,
0: bruh. <laughs> well, since you want to go ahead and you, jump in the West. The
1: whole big production.
0: Listen, bro, you bro, know
1: thank what? I, you for the <laughs> I'll
0: tell you, I'll even started off like this in the West. The Los Angeles no. Lakers in oh, the no, no, 11 no, 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 no. seed.
1: <laughs> let me have that. Let me have
0: Nah, let me jump on it. that eight mile real no, you quick. You
1: wanted the Knicks. You wanted the Knicks. <laughs> let me have that. That's fine. You're get absolutely get right, get though. Get hey. You're absolutely right, all right, I'm going to go ahead and deliver the West Coast similar to what I did with the East Coast. And number five seeming number five and the number six seeds, seemingly um, locking up those seeds. Number five is the Denver Nuggets. And the number six seed, the Utah Jazz. Um, okay, and then you have the, the seven and eight seed, uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves holding down the seven seed currently. The LA Clippers uh, holding down the eighth seed with a 39 and 40 record. At number nine, the New Orleans Pelicans uh, without Zion. Number 10, the San Antonio Spurs. And two games behind the 33 and 45 San Antonio Spurs. In the 11th slot is none other than Showtime. Shout out to John C. Riley, the Los Angeles Lakers, with a 31 and 47 record. So, of course, y'all know this is Carolina Lakers Sports Talk. Uh, big Cliff, you can take it away.
0: Well, folks, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Carolina Sports Talk. <laughs> Listen,
1: Aegs Blackley. Listen,
0: the the playing most playing
1: with a LeBron list. I'm sorry, to cut you off. We're playing with a LeBron list. Lake, I mean, a LeBron list uh, team tonight. Correct mm-hmm. or yes, or second
0: tomorrow? second consecutive game that LeBron will be out. But honestly, um, I look at it kind of how I looked at Christian McCaffrey and in, in all of his injury cut seasons. If there was a real shot that we were contending for anything, he'd have been back by the end of the year. But um, in this instance, why is what I said last week and the week before, why I keep going out there, bro, we've lost at this point there. Even if we do happen to sneak in it, it, it. now, I will say this. Uh, I told y'all I was kicking it with Ashton this weekend. Um, he gave me some unique perspective. And for for the fans out there, uh, our frat brother is also a Lakers fan. He's like, the money that's going to be generated by just that one playoff game, if we are able to make it, or even the play-in game. Um, just, it, it, and it puts me in the mindset of what we're experiencing, what we'll talk about with winning time. But anything they can do to get them seats filled, the Lakers going to do it. And so they're driving those not so much towards trying to win a championship, but getting them dollars in and to get it, get it paid. So um, I see that perspective or even the fact of saying, Oh, you see, we were a bad team last year and we've made the playoffs. But if you want to come a random free agent who may be looking for a new home, you could be the missing piece to take us all the way type situation. So I see that it's just, nah, I'm good. Like
1: exactly.
0: I, <laughs> I, I don't even want, I'm the type that I like, and again, he gave me perspective and he actually had me thinking about it. I understood his points and they were valid. But, again, comma, however, I'm not with it, bro. Like, why waste our time? There's no need to risk the injury and the long, long-term picture when we actually can win a chip. Um, so, yeah, nah, sh- shut it down, no. bro. Now,
1: So, if the, the regular season was to stop today, I mean, if the regular season stopped today, mm-hmm. um, what do you got with the seven through the 10th seed as far as the playing games?
0: I, I, I like – What do you got? Honestly, I like the way that the Pelicans have been playing. We And we've mentioned it here on the show Shout out to CJ McCollum because the boys, he's, he's a ball player and he makes a difference there. Um, and, and I see them not necessarily making noise, but I see them being able to um, at least take care. of. If it, if it ends today, I see them taking care of the Spurs um, and then the loser out of the other one.
1: <laughs> if it ends today, go ahead. Optimistic Oscar.
0: Nah, no, 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 no! I'm answering no, no, the question no, no, that you no, bro, ask, give bro. Shot. Right,
1: right, absolutely. absolutely. I'm answering <laughs> the
0: question you asked.
1: <laughs> I got to take my shots where I can get them.
0: I hear you, buddy, but <laughs> but no. So I see the Pelicans taking care of the Spurs, which would then have them playing the loser of the seven-eight series, which would be, um, to me, honestly, the Clippers, because I think the Timberwolves are a decent cap, isn't? Is, is the truth? So. Um, and then I do see the Pelicans taking care of the Clippers and securing that eight seat. So um, I'm gonna go Timberwolves and Pelicans. What about you?
1: I like, um, I'll start off with the, that that first game, the seven and eight game. I do like how the Timberwolves are playing. Uh, Pat Beverly is kind of giving uh cat a joke and cats forget about uh, your man, Anthony Edwards as well. He's always out there uh, mm-hmm. doing his thing. Mm-hmm. So quiet as kept. Um, so I do like the Timberwolves in that game. And then, in The ten, uh, not nine, the nine, ten game. I'm, I'm with you. I like the Pelicans versus the Spurs. CJ McCollum is a gamer. He's a competitor. He's not gonna want his team. He's pretty much he wills a lot of his his teams to win. So I can definitely see that uh, happening. Uh, and, and I mean, similar to you, I think I think we'll ultimately see the Pelicans versus the Timberwolves in um, in that playoff series. Yeah. So that's pretty much gonna wrap up what we got going on for uh, the play-in games in the tournament. But if we move forward again in this uh, hot take or quick take episode, let's move forward real quickly to some of the MVP um, Mm -hmm. candidates that you have out there as the season winds down. So does the uh, race for MVP kind of tighten up. So um, as it does, and you see these performances from these different players, a lot of the big men have stood out um, and kind of made their case for MVP. Uh, you have any favorites? And if you do, uh, you have a, I guess, top two or top three as far as favorites with the MVP?
0: Yeah. Um, if I'm going to go three, three, I'm going to say Devin Booker. Number two, Giannis. And number one is John Moran for me, bro. The, 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 and not just, I like because, not just because of what he does on the court. But a lot of folks would say, well, if the team has success when he's not playing, that means, is he really that valuable? But to see the energy that he brings from the sideline and how he's still coaching and coaching them up in the, in, in the huddles and, and directing folks and talking out loud. Like, bro, his his pause, his DNA is all over this team. His handprints like they that, that's the tenacity. <laughs> that's the tenacity that he needs right there bro and i think that that's what has been infused into this team because they're one of the youngest teams in the league but they're also playing incredibly man so shout out to him but um yeah jaw's my my mvp this year
1: who's your top three i love i like your three um honestly i'm gonna go with Giannis as far as my big man pick i can't uh I, i wish i could but i can't give all the love pause to to all of the big men as far as with Jokic and Joel Embiid, so those will be my two honorable mentions, but I'm ranking them. Giannis is number one for me, mm-hmm. Devin Booker number two, and then Ja number three for me, uh, but kind of just, again, the performance that Devin Booker has had consistently all season, especially with Chris Paul and his injury woes mm-hmm. and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and just carrying the team offensively. Um, you know, I, I see it being said that He's been the best player on the NBA's best team. And, uh, and you know, there, there's no fallacies there. But at the end of the day, Giannis is an animal, you know, literally living up to his nickname, the Greek freak. And, and you know, there's certain things that he's done done and doing mm-hmm. that you just can't explain, man. So Giannis is definitely my number one. And then, of course, the Carolina kid has got to, you know, mm-hmm. have a slot yeah. in there. So shout out to Ja.
0: Now, let me ask you this, bro. Am I the only one who's just like when I see the Bucs, think about the Bucs, watch the Bucs, I'm like, eh, nothing about them excites me. I like I like watching Chris play. Um, and like you said, Greek Freak is a, a monster, but comma. I eh. Like I remember when I knew that they were gonna win last year and beat the sun, I was like, Yeah, no, I don't even wanna watch this no more. Didn't even and didn't even watch the last game, bro. Like, yeah, nah is it me or is it just like, is it me? <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's you. No, I'm just playing. Wow. I mean, a lot of people definitely feel like that. I um like I said, I I just know in this vacuum, I don't want to get caught and like um, being a prisoner of the moment and not appreciating what we're watching or what we're witnessing with some of the stuff that, that Giannis still does and the way that he uses his spacing on the floor and that he can cover so much ground on the floor. You know, I appreciate those smaller things like that, but I definitely understand where you're coming from. Is similar to uh, some of the some of the older San Antonio teams. Exactly. A lot of the teams, San Antonio teams. Now, granted, though, like you know, when when they were going toe to toe with the Lakers and stuff, there was a lot of entertaining uh, San Antonio teams. When you started having your, your more seasoned Tony Parker along with Manu Ginobili, shout out to Manu Ginobili uh, recently, um, first ballot Hall of Fame pick, I believe. Um, but when you started having those those teams and stuff like that, where you know, it was a little bit faster pace. You had a lot of their big men kind of shooting outside jumpers and stretching the floor a little bit. It was it was some it was some entertainment factor to it, especially then having the claw, having Kawhi out there. They started bringing a little bit more entertainment to it, but prior to that, you know, it was it was mayonnaise, um, similar to you know what what a lot may say with Milwaukee. But the thing is, is just you, some of the plays, man, you just can't ignore what what Giannis does uh, out there on that floor.
0: I mean, you can't ignore it, but it'd be real easy not to pay attention. <laughs> but no, I get what you're saying. And mm-hmm. I think that Spurs analogy was a good thing. They they won championships, multiple. Um, it just wasn't one of the teams that I enjoyed watching, partially because they were in the West, partially because I was like, oh, this is oh. – and, and even like you said, when they got into the um, a little bit more up, t- up pace – uh, upbeat type offense and were a lot more entertaining to watch. It's like still, it's like, yeah, but they're Spurs, though. That's absolutely how I feel about the Bucks, Even with that fire Kelly Green um, jerseys they be wearing, like, no, mm-mm, they're, yeah, no. Um, but <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know if it's they just. They make this.
1: Go ahead. I'm just saying, just like from the Ray Allen and Sam Cassell days, shout out to Jadakiss, they make heck of great, uh, Punchlines and, and rap bars. So <laughs> that's all
0: I'ma say. Oh, this you know what? This dude here with the fire just. I'm going bucks
1: like Milwaukee. Cause like Sam, I could sell.
0: Mm, you know, I might have to get you on here to spit an episode one day. We'll we'll do a special musical feature. Kind of how you did the uh, DJing for him a little while ago, man. But yo, it's crazy. I, I don't know if it's just me or if it's like the the generation we in. Things just kinda moving a lot faster if it ain't tiktok timing then i I don't know i'm I'm (laughs) i guess i'm getting one like one of the millennials these days
1: yeah i mean and like i said i i respect the game and just some of this stuff it's almost like if you had a six 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 or six seven eighth grader playing against a bunch of other eighth graders that were like five two and five one and <laughs> his matchup was like five seven and you could see four of them trying to guard him but then he just kind of
0: holds the ball over by the head
1: yeah and just a little dunk you know what i mean let me just drop this in here if they're all playing on like an eight foot goal or something because it's like sometimes Giannis doesn't even seem like he leaves the ground uh or he just like where he leaves from it's like, oh, he's not going to dunk that. He's probably going to, you know, nice layup with the English or something like that. And he just keep going his up. And hand just turns, yeah, and, he, and he'll dunk it out of nowhere. So just some of that, that 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 athleticism, that pause, super pause, but that freakish nature of him and the, the true uh, name of his, uh, yeah, I had to slip that in there, pre-pause that. But, but that's not uh, that wasn't the, even the, a super
0: pausable offense, but.
1: Well, I just wanted to pre pause it though. just in case, uh, Now,
0: I get, now there just, was definitely a pre pauseable offense. I got you. So,
1: but just in the nature of his nickname, you know what I mean. Being the Greek freak, he just does some things athletically that that you know. It's, wow. Right. So, I mean, shout out to them. Shout out to the. Shout out to all of the MVP choices again. You got all of your your honorable mentions out there. The Luka Chicks of the world. Uh, he's kind of getting a little bit of love. Um, of course Joel Embiid and uh Nikola Jokic uh but yeah uh like biggest shout out to the something kid uh because you know that, that was earned that, that you know his his buzz and his talk around the it reminds me a little bit of Steph when Steph came in he yeah, had one report card and he worked his behind off to to get his uh name and his uh his reputation up out around the league that he is that guy I think John ja doing something similar uh, with his play,
0: absolutely, and his yeah. leadership. Yeah. Now speaking of leaders, you were talking, um, telling me that earlier about your boy Tom Brady on TikTok. Man, what what he got going on? I'm
1: not not sure if you caught it or not, but uh, he's trolling, and and there's a lot of people that's not liking the trolling. But he posts a TikTok. It looked like a Waddle and Tyreek Hill kind of. Talking about their speed, have you not seen it, or have I, you caught it?
0: I've not, but if you I'm know,
1: say be be transparent, be real to the to the Carolina Sports Talk Nation, bro. No,
0: I was about to say I've Nation. not seen it, but let's let's play it for our fans now. Right
1: on target to Jalen Waddle, but he is—it's
0: him in the open, and okay. that's Tom fit Brady's face. <laughs> I said, right, flip, creep, over, wow, oh,
1: him, him being a yeah hip hop fan. But you gotta yeah, if you can, we could repurpose that perhaps and put it up on the i g uh page, maybe on a story or something like that, yeah, just to yeah show that. yeah, uh, but what's your thoughts on that, man?
0: He's a super gremlin <laughs>
1: he's
0: wild, he is wild with all of is the that allegations the song
1: that he' was playing, huh? I was gonna say, was that the song name? No no, 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 no,
0: no, no! Thankfully, yeah, that'd have been crazy. Listen, <laughs> that'd be crazy.
1: but it sound like, yeah, that sound like NBA Youngboy, I guess, not Kodak Black. That sound like NBA Youngboy that he was playing on
0: there. Right, 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 right. But no, listen, he knows that there are the that the rumors are there. Now, what would be crazier for this dude? And I wouldn't see it beyond the scope of reality for him to still pull up because I know I made the bold um, bold prediction, the hot take, if you would, last week that he's going to finish out this contract here and then go. And did I say that on the air or was that in a private conversation where I said he's, he's a free he's agent. On air. Okay, cool. He's a free agent. Boom. He's done next year. He's out of there. And then still ends up in Miami after that. Like I, it wouldn't shock me at all. What are your thoughts? You think he, you think he would
1: first and foremost, you got to understand, big bro. Um, the conversations that we have off the air, Whenever it kind of starts teetering into any kind of sports talk, either you or myself stop <laughs> each other, bro, and say, and we specifically say, save it, save for it the for the show. show. So you're safe. You're safe to say if you and I have discussed something, it's probably been recorded and it's on the show. But here's but- the thing.
0: Here's the flip side of that, though, because there are so many, literally, and I and and thank you guys for listening and checking us out. and We appreciate it. But a bunch of y'all that listen, I'm not gonna call nobody's names will call us still, hey, what do you think about XYZ? And I end up starting to have a conversation about it, just because they ask, legit just asking a question, and I'm like, yo, this is literally, this is literally stuff talk. that, yeah, <laughs> this is stuff that we could and or do talk about on the show, and then when I realize, oh man, did I talk about this to this to that person? Was, this, was that High Star? Was this on the air? It's like so many sports conversations. Uh, Jason Lee, my cousin and best friend, is probably one of the most egregious persons for this. Cause he'd be like, Hey, yo, because tell me what you think about X, Y, Z. And I'd be like, yo, da-da-da. and by the time I look, I'm like six pages worth the notes deep into the subject. I'm like, yo, bro, since I'm to the show, man, Oh yeah. Nah, you know, I got you because, and then here we are. But nonetheless, um, I, I, I believe it. I think that, um, Miami would be a good fit for him to be able to be against the Patriots twice a year. Um, I, I think he would he would enjoy that he really would
1: yeah um i mean just again to to answer your question and stuff my my thoughts on it uh it's not a it's not a it's not a horrible take by you but again he's he's stretching it i think this is the first guy that really wants to defeat father time mm. um and he's really he's really pushing it or whatnot so we shall see kind of what goes on. I don't even know the ramifications of kind of what he did, or maybe he just, you know, he's a, he's a guy that's real aware and stuff when it comes to social media and things mm-hmm. like that. So maybe he hears all the fodder and he's just, and he's literally trolling. But, uh, either way, if I'm, you know, Godwin or somebody on the bucks or something like that, I'm not,
0: you're not I'm here not for it at all.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Well, while we talking about the NFL, bro, you, you Again, Ashton and I had a lot of conversations about sports this weekend. Um, One of the things that came up was him letting me know how many picks the Eagles had. And and instantly in my mind, it went, hmm, I could see us trading down from where we were for some of those multiple first round picks. Because at one point, the Eagles had three first round picks in this here draft. And so um, I could have seen us have a situation where we traded down from six uh, into the teams where they were draft one of the quarterbacks that were available there and um and kind of some moves from there but before i could even fully formulate what would be the best strategy in that regard the saints and the eagles pulled off a big old trade swapping eight different picks pick trade huh
1: i'm sorry to cut you off, i said pick trade
0: a pick trade yeah a big old pick trade <laughs> uh but was swapping eight picks with three of them being first rounders um uh, so the eagles are sending picks 16 19 and 194 in this year's draft uh, to the Saints in exchange for picks 18, 101, and 237. Philadelphia also is going to receive a 20, 23 first-round pick and a 24 second-round pick. So basically, the draft this year looks like this. 16, Eagles. Uh, yeah, 16, Eagles. 17, somebody else. 18, Saints. 19, Eagles. 21, Saints. They've got Almost five, five picks back. Oh. First of all, what are your thoughts about the trade? Do you think it's a good look for them? Uh, who do you think won? Uh, have you had a chance to see it at all? What do you, What are your thoughts on that?
1: I think it's a great look for Texas Instruments and um, and <laughs> Um, So anybody that's numbers fans, y'all have a blast. But I, like personally, with this new gig and stuff like that, you know. I've already been studying <laughs> as much numbers and stuff like that as I can. This this trade was a headache. I was looking all through it for the name and the blockbuster name, but this is numbers this is definitely different. I mean, granted, I know that this is probably not the first time that it's happened, but this is definitely different. Um, I I don't want to. I do not want to come off callous at all and say I don't care. But this is crazy. I I, I could definitely see the value in in. Swapping stuff around and, and kind of stacking your, your first round picks. You're able to kind of build up personnel in certain areas where, you know, again, it would have been advantageous for the Panthers. Like like to your point, as far as thinking about it, whenever y'all were discussing kind of how many picks the Eagles had and, and right away, somebody in our division, hello, you know what I mean? So, and,
0: and, 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 and literally, this is where we start the conversation. The, everything is done strategically and on purpose for a reason. For them to literally go from sixteen, excuse me, from eighteen, to get sixteen and nineteen, means that they're doing it for a reason. You think about their needs. They need a quarterback. They need offensive linemen, and they need wide receivers. Because um, I, I don't know if Michael's going to be down there another season. Um, I know him and Jameis have a rapport and all that, but we'll see. It's to be remain seen. But those are the three top needs. At that level in this year's draft is the best value for quarterback. There are offensive linemen littered all throughout the first round, um, and honestly the second round. So I don't see it being a lot of sense there. But another thing you just hit on the head was that this sends, this pick sends the message that, hey, not only are we trying to get that value for one of those quarterbacks, but we want to do it with the team that very likely could trade with someone in our division to help them do the same thing. So it's a two birds and one stone type of thing. And it did cost them because, again, although they, for for the most part, you talked about the numbers and the swaps back and forth, the ultimate thing you want to look at is it puts them in a better position now that they have two first-round picks instead of one this year and Philadelphia is and they, and it was a, so much of a value to them that they sent their next year's first round pick to give Philly two next year and another second round pick when it boils down to it. So that's essentially what it means. We thought enough to get in front of the Carolina Panthers that we're spending a first round pick next year and a second round pick over to them. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do with it. I am almost willing to guarantee you that one of those picks that they have acquired for the Philadelphia Eagles will be for a quarterback. Um, it'll be remains to seen if the Panthers are able to trade back with someone. Um, the Eagles still have a lot of picks in the, in the first round. So they may still be in the business and they can accumulate for the future and get one of our future first round picks and, and have that longevity for flexibility. But honestly, I, I see this as a move by the Saints to try to get ahead of the Panthers. So I think one of the things that is uh, also interesting to me that happened in the NFL this season, this, this whole season, because, you know, a week been a long time. Did you see the post that um, your boy, um, why well, I want to call him a massage man, Deshaun Watson posted of his jerseys. He was at home. You could tell it looks like in his man cave, and he posted four of his his four jerseys with the Browns, number four they've got his name and all the things lined out. It was apparently posted not long after he, the announcement was made to his Instagram, but in true internet fashion, cause you know, the internet is undefeated when he posted it. It, it was like, Oh yeah, see these, are my jerseys and I'm quick with it. Cause this is what I wanted to do the whole time. Blah, 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 blah. But in the background of the picture, there's an Atlanta Falcons Jersey with the number four on it. Slung over like a piece of furniture in the background, like, they didn't realize it was still invisible sight of the camera, which basically confirmed to all of the Atlanta Falcons fans that he in fact was going to sign with them until Cleveland called in when the news came out with the terms where that the Panthers wouldn't meet. They were like, "Oh, we'll give you that answer. What's up?" And that's when he made his decision. So, what are your thoughts on Deshaun Watson erroneously, or some say, in troll fashion, leaving that in Atlanta Falcons jersey in the visible picture?
1: Yeah, uh, you know, uh, uh, I don't have any hot takes on it. Really, just, it is what it is. Those foolish, you know what I'm saying? He's again, he's 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 young and he's massageless right now out there in Cleveland. He's bored with his time, a bunch of money, just bored with his time. Don't know what to do and doing stupid stuff, bro. You know what I'm saying? Just just out here, again, just being an annoying little kid, really like that
0: exactly <laughs> yeah man i listen everybody seems to be on this troll life these days man um so much so that during uh sunday's national championship with the south carolina women's game first of all shout out to the women Gamecocks for winning their second national championship under coach don staley in a, a thrashing let me repeat that. A thrashing of number two seeded Yukon Huskies in sixty four to forty nine final score. Um, it was dope to me first of all because they snapped at eleven. Well, yeah, it was it, it? They were eleven and zero in national championship games. They're now eleven and one. But in troll fashion, uh, Aaliyah Boston uh, made notice of everybody making the memes and forwarding and re-forwarding and retweeting her picture of the picture of her crying last year in the semifinals losing to Stanford and literally just was like for all of those who were watching me cry last year uh, and, and literally busts out into the same cry face. And then turns around. And it's like, those are tears of joy. I'm a national champion. Like, and drop the mic on a Muslim troll fashion. First of all, I got to give a shout out to her about that, uh, for that. And again, for the Gamecocks winning that chip. Absolutely. so, what are your thoughts on it, man? Don Staley, bro. She's a monster, man. What are your thoughts Absolutely. about the game overall and Staley's legacy?
1: Somebody else that's a monster out here in these streets, DJ Highstar. All right? I tried to I tried to tell everybody as quick as I could last week. whenever we were doing our picks. Um, but definitely, <laughs> and, and you were right there with me, so I, I do want to give credit where credit's due. We predicted how that whole Final Four scenario would go down.
0: Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm.
1: And when in true fashion, shout out to black queens and black women everywhere. Uh, And also salute to Don Staley for acknowledging uh, the players that don't get as much playing time and that helped to prepare uh, those starters and a lot of those people that get a lot of the majority of the playing time and and a lot of those pivotal games. Um, Just spotlighting and highlighting them is kind of the epitome of, of, of first class whenever it comes to a head coach as far as not forgetting who your 12th man is or 12th woman in this mm-hmm. scenario is. Um, so that really stood out to me. Um, of course, beating Gino, um, mm-hmm. what's shorty's name from Yukon page. Is it page Beckers? Page Beckers. Yeah. So Paige shout out Buckets to her. Beckers. Awesome <laughs> career. Yeah. Awesome career and stuff like that. Um, you had to, you had to, you had to meet the buzzsaw sort though. Of, you know what I'm saying? That is the game, the lady Gamecocks. Um, like I said, with with we talked about it all season. Um, again, shout out to my girl Tracy. I wish I, I really wish I had Treacy's number in my phone, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna end up sharing the show with her regardless. Because it's been two weeks in a row that I've shouted her out. But um, she's a consummate Gamecock fan, um, lady Gamecock fan for that matter. Mm-hmm. And just yeah, it's just it's just beautiful what what Don Staley has done both with USA basketball, uh, women's basketball, and then also with this program after Asia Wilson leaves, you know, to still kind of keep uh, the prestige of the program where it's at and making them just a national a national powerhouse, literally. It's forced to be reckoned with.
0: Absolutely. And I think for for anybody who knows women's basketball, the COVID season, they were going to win that one as well. Um, and, and, and so it, it's just amazing that you, like you said, they are now one of the blue bloods for a long time it was Tennessee and then it was Yukon i talked last week about um Gino just Shout being the Summit. absolutely i talked about Gino being just a great recruiter and building a good program but Don Staley is not only doing the same thing but you can tell that there's a difference with regards to her x and o's i think us, this squad would have been still successful but there are so many more buttons and we talked about the job ja moranton and, and the effect he has on his team but you can see her, again, her handprint or her thumbprint all over the squad from the onset of this game and just came out sl- like an attack mode. It was almost as if they were say, not only are we going to beat you, but we're going to leave no doubt. And and so even when UConn started to make their run, she's all through the season had the same tendencies and, and, and built it into them that when things are getting tough, she doesn't call timeouts immediately. When it's, when it's getting like, uh-oh, what's going on? We, we might want to reset. She sits back. She doesn't even coach in that moment, and she allows the players on the floor to govern themselves and to pull out. And so to see, um, to see them just attack like they did, man, um, Aliyah Boston is bad. I can't wait to see her in the WNBA and see what she's able to do. Um, and, and really, I, I, with the class that they've got coming in next year, She's already got three All Americans, um, three McDonald's All American commits coming in next season. So it's like a reload. It's just like not even a refresh. It's like, all right, y'all, where they went out, y'all come on in and let's go get this chip. Uh, Shout out to Don Staley, who's been a winner on every level and and built South Carolina into something serious, man. Now on the flip side of the women's game, where I where I had the opportunity to celebrate and be happy. I'm not going to cry. I said, I promised myself, man, I wasn't going to cry. But my Tar Heels fell in the national championship to the Kansas Jayhawks, 72 to 69. Um, I guess I can give a shout out to Kansas. I don't know if we got any Jayhawk fans that listen. Um, I don't want to talk too much about the game because I'm still processing, still in my grief about it. Uh, Did you have anything, first of all, that you did, did any highlights of the game? Anything stood out to you?
1: Uh, well, three three takeaways and three reasons on why um, you can really save those tiers, honestly. Mm, okay. okay. Number one, and <laughs> in, in, in true fashion, we're, eight, we're number eight seed. Uh-huh. Um, kind of probably pretty much not putting a lot of people's brackets except for Tar Heel Nation. Uh, going up against the number one Kansas team, big, big guards. They've got great guard play. And we we, throughout the tournament, again that's kind of what led us along with, of course your manics of the world mm-hmm. and our bigs in the middle, but our big guards that we have, it was they were doing their thing the whole tournament, so that's right. number one. The other two reasons are a couple uh, about eight miles up the road in in um, tobacco up tobacco road, uh, those two losses that we handed to Duke, so. <laughs> Those two losses count as number two and number three. Okay. And it pretty much was my, uh, not even my consolation prize after we won the game on Saturday night, along with me, uh, witnessing dreamville day one festivities Mm -hmm. with my own eyes. Um, I was satisfied. I was, I was satisfied and, um, yeah, yeah. Pause. But, uh, uh, this is <laughs> no, cause I want to say this and I want to say this cause we have love for all of our Carolina sports talk nation. And when I say that, that's when big cliff gets nervous y'all cause he knows.
0: Dun, 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 something crazy. Dun, but anyways, okay. Here it comes.
1: <laughs> nah, because with uh one of the big reasons I was rooting for that is cause I wouldn't, I was, I was holding on to the idea that this would have been the first time probably in NCAA history that a black woman and then a black man have led their teams to a national championship win in the same year. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, no, so that's, no that gets some love. Hey, so, even though it didn't come through,
0: but, you know. <laughs>
1: right. So shout out to the black man himself, Hubert Davis, and his white wife because <laughs> he doesn't let us forget it. That's all I'm saying. He said it himself at a press conference. I ain't got nothing against his white wife. I love her as well. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, yeah, that, that, <laughs> that might have been. Oh, man. So, ah. here,
0: here, the game, again, the game was what it was. We, we had a chance to win down at the end. The story that, because, uh, you know, always Cl- Big Cliff comes with the perspectives. The story that will be interesting to watch um, in the aftermath. Um, Armando Baycott's injury. Uh, it was it was much touted. He played tremendously throughout the entire game. The moment that he was injured again, though, the floor gave way and caused his ankle to roll. Um, I, I saw on Twitter today, um, actually, where someone, I guess, had recorded their screen or went back and was watching the game. Um, in live coverage, they did not show that angle from behind him except for in live speed. That was the only time. In all of the replays, they never did it because none of the other replays showed the ground given away. It just showed him rolling his ankle. But from behind him in live action, you could see the the literal wood under his feet lift and bend. And it caused his already unstable ankle to roll. There's no doubt in my mind that if he goes and in that last, what I think it was 48 seconds and people say, Oh, it's 48 seconds. We lost by three points in that last 48 seconds. Absolutely. If we have him, it's either an overtime game or or we're going to win that game, um, and I'll so do
1: you won better. But go ahead. Now go for it. Um, it's my boy Caleb Love.
0: hmm he shot us out so, the game.
1: <laughs> but now nah, at the same time, if you remember earlier in the game, um, this is uh, it might have been like right when we came out of the second half, perhaps um, again with our fifteen point lead, mm-hmm. which in college basketball. I don't, that's Ain't one nothing. of the things I just, yeah, if I, exactly. Let me go ahead and, and get in this sidecar real quick and zoom around the block. College basketball is a game of momentum and runs. When we came out of the second half and they cut it down to 10, we kind of see where it was going as far as with the momentum. So I'm going to just put that out there like that. But Caleb Love um, had something similar happen to him down in the paint. Where and again, I can't I can't put it on the floor, but it was he was by himself and he tweaked his ankle just a little bit. Where again, it he he kind of ran it and jogged it off, but it was on the same side of the court, same situation or same type of situation that happened um, with Baycoat. Um So just wanted to bring that up and just kind of give credence to your argument as well. Where, uh, you know, and I think and a lot of like, you know how you can tell when a floor is slippery, like saying an NBA or something mm-hmm. like that. That's just what it appeared like to me. But to your point, and I saw your post as soon as you threw it up there, as soon as you threw the post up there. And that's pretty much what it could have been uh, most likely, where, again, for my novice eyes, if you will, or kind of wherever I was looking at it through. I saw it as, oh, the floor is wet or there's some, like, wet spots on the floor. But it's, it, it definitely could have just been the fact that, again, there was some planks in, in parts of the floor that was given way or whatnot or, or given.
0: So to kind of give some insight for our listeners and anybody who may not know, when they have the national championships in these major arenas, so you know they were in New Orleans in the Superdome, um, it's a football arena. There's grass and turf underneath that they then build the platform. All of the extra seats are brought into what is essentially the field. And they're sitting in the middle of quote unquote, the field. And even if they're not on the grass, they're on the platform that the grass then rests on. And the the court itself is built up on top of that platform that's on the ground. That's why when you see in the national championships, they're sitting, when they're sitting on the benches, they're below the level of the court because it's built on a separate platform. And so each one of those planks, each one of those sections is essentially built on top of something else. And it's not the the normal sturdy ground that every other arena that they play throughout the year is on. That is essentially in itself a problem there. But now that you have it affecting the game, I think this needs to be the last year that the NCAA has this raised stage for the national championship because they don't do it in any of the other in none of the regions they don't do it in anything except for the final four so that they can get more seats and more people in there um aesthetically it looks nice but again when it becomes because i've heard problems even going far back as far back as chris them in, in villanova chris told a story about how when they first went out there for practice they were like why does it sound like this like bouncing a ball it takes a different feel and you know for for regular athletes, repetition matters the, the what they're used to it, it, it makes a difference and so if you're bouncing a ball and you're getting a different feel that in itself is going to take adjustments that in itself takes you outside that's yet another thing to think of if you think of and consider like you said caleb love twisting his ankle baycott already starting the game off kind of gingerly and then you know still having that in the back of their minds, and then to worry about the f- ground under your feet giving away this need again, this needs to be the last year, and I would not be surprised if there is more brought up about it. But I'm not gonna use it as a scapegoat. Um, I'm not gonna be, you know, bitter towards Kansas. At the end of the day, they are an amazing team. Um they're they've got size on at, at every position. Um and and definitely some NBA quality players that are there. And like you said, we beat Duke. Even if their fans wanna be trash and celebrate I saw the most country corny thing on social media. It said Rock Chalk Duke Jayhawks. I was like, What? Like they, they wanted to they wanted us to lose so bad that they cheering that they insert their name into another school's bro, but that's Duke fans. Shout out to all of the listeners who may be Duke fans. Like, don't why? <laughs> Maybe you guys need some I sold help. Out. Go ahead.
1: I told our frat brother, um, Derek, freaky dog, I told him that uh, Duke fans need to find God, man. They they need (laughs) to go ahead and find God. That's what it comes down to.
0: Well, I know how to help you guys find God if you need it, but more importantly, I also know how to help you guys find some great auto, home, life, and health insurance. Look no further than my man Grant Williams, Farm Bureau Insurance agent out of Columbia, South Carolina. He can hook you up and get you all get all of your needs taken care of. Give him a call on his cell phone at 843 453 5257 mention Nicole big cliff and he will definitely look out for you and shout out to my man paul who told me he's a listener uh, well who is a listener told me he called grant and got locked in with him so um, you guys go and get some of those discounts and get that get that good money and get discounts out there with grant williams farm bureau insurance auto health auto home life and health insurance needs 843-453-5257 well, bro, just before we get out of here, man, because we don't want to keep the people long on this quick hits episode, man. When in time, man, you you checked out the latest app?
1: Did I? Come on, man. All
0: right, buddy.
1: Look who you're
0: talking to, All All right. the TV champ. Oh, factual statements, bro. I'm acting like I'm talking to myself over here. Nah, dog. I watched it too, man. And um, it's getting good, just man. Once?
1: You only saw it once. You watch TV shows more than once, bro? Mm-hmm. What are you? We're not bro- gonna revisit this stuff. Because, listen, we've, yeah, I more more we've more we. I know we've been through it. Revisit this stuff. The Say more again? More we revisit this stuff, I'm gonna really tell the listeners what your nickname is. <laughs> all right. Do First you know what of all, I'm referring to.
0: I have no clue, but I, all I know is my nickname okay. is Big Cliff. huh play with.
1: Also known as Big Ginkgo Palova. You know. But, <laughs> listen, exactly, bro. Nah, I did catch it though. Um, You're lucky I couldn't get to that alert. button quick enough. <laughs> spoiler
0: <laughs> alerts are coming. We're talking about the latest episode of winning time, the building or the rise of the front of the, what's the name of the show? The rise of the Showtime Lakers. Right. Yeah. Go ahead.
1: So <laughs> before or like, okay, again, and that's why this is why I'm saying spoiler alert. I'm kind of starting with the, if you don't mind, I'm starting with the end and, and moving backwards or do yeah. you want to just kind of go through? Okay. Yeah. Go for so, it. So when when shout out again to Adrian Brody shout out to again the performance by John C Riley always um Adrian Brody first shows up as Pat Riley um looking for a gig or whatever a couple episodes ago mm-hmm. I went ahead and did my own side research because I told my you know again this is six seven years before your man DJ high star was born right you know what I'm saying so I had to do my research and when was you know what I'm saying? Do when so when did he make that switch to head coach? When How did, did he
0: exactly I did the exact right, same so thing, but go uh, ahead.
1: Oh okay. So <laughs> with everything um
0: including the first Laker girl.
1: So, okay, that no, we're gonna get to that. So we um so I, I, I do my rundown as far as with the coach lineage itself. Mm-hmm. Um and so I see Pat Rowley when he started, and I see before him is Paul Westfall or whatnot. Okay, cool. And before that, I See John McKinney, but it was only for a couple games in a certain season, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "What?" So then I click the hyperlink. You know nowadays all of your hyperlinks goes to Wikipedia's and stuff like that. Right. And then it gives the story briefly, but the synopsis of you know the tragic end to his coaching career with the Lakers or whatever. Mm-hmm. So i in my mind again. I was I was my mom was blown, but I, to our point a couple weeks ago when we said that they were kind of dragging. It picked up, and it picked up quick.
0: Quickly. You had
1: training camp, (laughs) right. And then this past week, you had the opening night, and you had the game against the Clippers, all of that stuff. So, again, with everything going on with John McKinney, I actually learned about that a few weeks ago. So when the end of the show started and you had kind of that – nice music going on and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Then you had the station wagon almost hit him. Uh-huh. You know, you just, it built up. And I, I love that type of stuff in TV shows or in movies where, you know, they they throw that curveball. So they have you thinking like, oh, this is going to be one of the classic scenes of a car meeting up with a bike and, oh, man, they're going to collide and, oh, it's going to be tragic. And it wasn't that, and he keeps it moving. And then after that, what I mean, I, I didn't really see kind of how the freak accident happened. It was like seemed like a brake malfunction on the bike. Yeah.
0: If so you will. on so on Let's the show there. on the show, yeah, it um, it was they made like the brakes, the actual clamps on the brakes broke loose, and so when he went to do it and it wouldn't, he went to squeeze with the front, which over overcorrected gotcha. and threw him off of the bike.
1: That. We used to call that an endo back in the days. With the street bikes. We call that an endo. Okay, like when you go up on the, you intentionally go in the right, 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 right. Up on the front wheel. We so we call
0: ahead. it busting an inverted wheelie. But okay, I got you. Yeah, inverted you see wheelie. How
1: endo? No, listen, uh, and that's probably the the root of endo, perhaps.
0: <laughs>
1: but again, in the city, in New York, with the mongooses, hey, yo, what's the endo, same? <laughs> We just said endo, bruh. In the bus, let's bust
0: an inverted wheelie. Like, nah, bruh. Nah, go for, ahead. Go ahead. For, you know, relax. <laughs> nah, you but. you
1: West Ashley somewhere. Let's bust an inverted wheelie.
0: And, you know, I, I, and honestly, as you say that, I'm not even going to hate and I'm thinking about it. I was probably the only one that was calling Oh my it gosh. Out. And the boys was probably like, yo, look <laughs> at this nerd over here. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> hey, a matter of fact, nah, them boys were probably like, hey, Boy, little bubble over there, jokey way. He's talking about that inverted boy. You a geek, boy? Sit down. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, as we proceed to continue with the synopsis of winning time, rise of the Lakers dynasty. Um, (laughs) basically in real life, because you know, again, I mentioned I do the research too. As he was going, he it was at an intersection similar to what the first encounter was. I guess that was their Mm -hmm. um cinematic nod to the reality. And as he saw the car coming, he did hit the brakes. 'Cause he's like the car as it was coming out of nowhere, he was like, Oh, and it locked up on him, and that's what threw him and caused the head injury. So
1: in um, the in the real story and of In the it.
0: real story of it. Yeah. That's what really gotcha. happened. Yeah. Um, but like yeah, so jump to the beginning, man, and let, and let let him know what happened with the with just the whole episode. So man, shout out
1: right. Shout out to Winning Time. Uh, if you know Jerome, excuse me, DJ High Star, if you will, and my my journey and stuff like that. You probably realize that this was one of my favorite episodes. Um, I I, I wear my blackness on my sleeve every episode, Ah. so uh, just uh, it's a a shout out to Kareem Mm Abdul-Jabbar, and it was a uh, episode kind of spotlighting Kareem, um, starting off with his um, conversion, I guess, if you will, to Mm -hmm. to Islam and converting over his faith uh, and accepting uh, Islam into his life, uh, becoming Muslim. Uh, it starts with him in the mosque. Uh, they're all praying. They end up praying for him and stuff like that. They cut back to him at his house. It clearly illustrate that his parents are both, you know, devout Christians. They've got the Jesus on the, on the wall, black Jesus Uh, on the cross. (laughs) See, you see, I'm just keeping it. It's what it was, bro. It's
0: what it was. (laughs) And his pops so was a cop.
1: Then, right. So that, that added a whole different dynamic as well. His father being a police officer. Um, it was real layered, honestly, uh, whenever it came to show the complexity of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and his life. You think about it, he's gone through UCLA, um, multiple championships with John Wooden, if I'm not mistaken, correct? mm mm-hmm. um, Then he gets to the league, and he mentions it to Magic during the show, but multiple MVPs, wins a championship with the Bucks I want to say yep and ends up going over to, to the Lakers so a very uh, um, very decorated jacket when it, when it comes to the sport of basketball itself and competitive basketball all his all his life he's been a great um, basketball player and he made mention to the fact that you know along with being a superior athlete kind of coming up in his time you had to stand for something. So at this time, again, he was discovering himself, um, chose the name Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, and again, it was, of course, we talk about it every week and, and, and compliment the, the show, but the cinematography, Absolutely. how it was shot, again, it just pushed you right there in the 70s with them or in the early 80s with them. Um, so ultimately, that, that complex character of Kareem, uh, and magic they kind of they you show they show it shows them clashing this episode. Mm-hmm. Um another thing because I don't want to miss too many things and stuff like that before I throw it to you, Big Cliff, but another thing is they introduce, uh played by Wood Harris, the character Spencer Haywood, mm-hmm. who actually was uh who took the NBA to court uh for he uh was I believe the first to to come straight from high school. Yep to play in the NBA and, and not have to go to college again. that was after litigation and, and, and taking the NBA to court. So it shows Kareem and, and Spencer Haywood having a bond or a camaraderie uh, again, because they both know what it's like to be labeled a pariah to, to hear the booze of the crowd, um, to, to just not be the fan favorite and stuff like that and not be the favorite around the league period. Right. Um, adding to the complexity of both of these gentlemen, um, they had a, a again a H, lot of lot of locker room stuff going on that was crazy, but uh, yeah. You know, Spencer Haywood <laughs> had a rumor about him that was going around that they ended up Crying proving out. was true. true. Yeah. yeah. Nevertheless, you see kind of McKinney's uh, genius in planting a seed in Magic. Of you know he he the scene starts where he walks in on Magic. he, he goes into the gym, walks in on Magic. He mentions to Magic that, hey, Oscar Robertson always beat him to the gym. Uh, Magic takes that kind of as a little pseudo challenge, and he says, you know, you know what, you done started now, coach, you know. But in their conversation, uh, he's kind of, he he asks Magic kind of where he thinks that he is uh, along with, you know, as far as coming along as as, as a player. Magic, uh, seemingly and, and unknownly, is like, you know, I think I'm coming along fine. My jumper's here, this and that, this and that. But McKinney brings up to him the leadership part, and uh, and brings up kind of the trouble and the struggles that he's having with 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 leading and coaching Kareem, uh, and just plants a seed very cleverly in Magic to try to spark that leader in within a rookie Magic Johnson uh, to kind of put that put that weight on him a little bit more. In other words, shoulder that weight. Mm-hmm. What you what do you think about that? I want to let you take over and, and talk about a little bit of the show as well.
0: I, I liked it. Um, it's, it's. I've always said one of the marks of a great leader is that they produce other great leaders, um, and, and that's exactly what he did. Although it would be in in somewhat manipulative of a way.
1: <laughs> I was gonna say with the lie, with the lie that he put out there talking about um.
0: Yeah, Cap Kareem asked me. Up to me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's that setup, young boy. <laughs> but now nah, he said, yeah, Kareem came up to me and was like, "Yo, when is the rookie gonna take some leadership?" Now. Mind you, and that leads me kind of into one of the points that I observed just from the way this episode kind of started filling in some of the framework, if you would. Um, Up until this point, Kareem hadn't been saying a whole bunch. They showed him as this stoic, separated, not running with the rest of the team, um, all wrapped up in himself. And although we didn't see the peak of until this episode of what was going on to it it built a lot of framework for some of the lighter characters or some of the more well-known individuals like your, your magics and your dr buses. And as the show has developed and like you said, we we like, yo, it's really starting off slow. It was putting the bones around us, man. It was giving us the, uh, the outside corner pieces, if you would, in a puzzle. And it, now they're starting to paint around. It's like, oh, okay, I'm starting to see this. And so as we delve deeply into the Kareem, um, really his psyche and who he was as a leader and wanting to be, um just uh, having so much weight bared upon him uh for his political uh I don't want to say aspirations but his political stances and, and and everything that was going on in the times he didn't really want to didn't feel he felt like I don't want to play this game just cuz you know it makes me rich and da 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 it's counter to what i believe it's counter to what i'm fighting for and then here you come and can you imagine being in that mindset and then here come well hey y'all I'm magic johnson let's play some basketball like, nah, bro, sit down, young buck. And so that's where that animosity with them came. And and it just, it showed why he was. And then as he, and so many times as a lot of folks probably have their own uh, realizations or epiphanic moments, he went to a mosque and got words from one of the wise, wise man, essentially. Very wise. Yeah, Very wise. bro. And it's like, yo, they, he made, God made you tall so you could stand out and be seen amongst everybody else but it gave mm-hmm. you knees so you could bend down and pray right alongside him. I was like, yo, and you yeah. could see that light bulb kind of click. And, 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 and it was exciting. Another small thing that was um, a bit of foreshadowing. Cause again, I didn't, when I saw it, I, I was like, Hmm, that seems like it's important. And then when I started doing my research, I figured out what it was. And again, I won't, it's because it's a speculation. I don't want to go too deep into it, but I'll just mention the scene. And then when we review next week's, um, I guess the listeners and the watchers will be able to know from there. But when the assistant coach um, and the head coach, uh, McKinney and his assistant, were out there talking, and then here comes the old coach, Jerry um, Jerry West. He's, he comes in starts talking to the head coach immediately. Well, what we got to do, and we going to do this, and come on. We'll, 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 we'll. And then he was like, you know what, come on, let's go ahead and We can talk about it. I'm going to get you what you need, and walks off. The assistant coach is standing there, and he's like, Mimicking well, West, hey, hey yeah, well, hey, how are you today? You know, you're my assistant coach. Blah, blah, blah. And he was like, well, yes, I'm working really hard, and so basically saying, "Oh, I'm here, I matter," right. um, and, and then it kind of just cuts to the next scene. When they said it, I was like, "Oh, that's for a reason," and then that's that's when I found out about everything else. So uh, we'll see how that develops into next week's episode. I'm I, I don't know about you, bro, but um, I'm I've already kind of looked at some of the synopsises because I go when I do my research. I go I do a deep dive, and I've seen some of the next ones, man. This is really—it's taking off. This is a really good show. This is—would you say this is an award-winning show?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, like again, I've—I've heard other people say it. Um, it's been other podcasts, you know. Uh, don't not definitely not bigging nobody up because they're not paying us, but um, <laughs> and if they were in the Crux family, I would say that their name. So just know that. But anyways, um it's a thought that I had to myself before I heard it on this particular podcast, but magic Johnson is no longer magic to me. Like if I see him on, you know, ABC or these capital one commercials for college basketball, or whatever, like that dude playing magic right now is now is magic. magic <laughs> like, bro, like just so like, just he, the he's movies, doing them yeah, I, well, one awesome scene that I think that he had was with Kareem um, at this point. He had uh, he you know was trying to talk to Kareem. He talked to Kareem a little bit in the in the um, uh, sports medicine room, if you will, or, mm-hmm. or whatnot, where Kareem was getting a massage and or getting his back cracked. And he was pretty much ma- And he's telling like um, mm. telling him like, "Yo, I can get you the ball in spots that you know that you would never dream of. That you can you know get your scores and you could get this and get that." And between Magic and Coach McKinney. Kareem pretty much tells him like, yo, Kareem pretty much tells him, yo, I can get 30 and 10. I'm going to get 30 and 10. You know what I'm saying? This and that, and we're going to win the game. Mm-hmm. Um, now also uh, the way magic's energy is coming into the first game, you know what I'm saying? Got the boom box rocking, walking in loud stuff <laughs> like that. Very loud. You know, and you see Kareem uh, converse or inversely. He's looking to do his prayer. Um, and and he's praying, but, you know, the music is just blasting loud. After the first game and the first win, after he shoots a a hook shot, Magic's jumping all over him, and he's like, yo, get off of me, yo. Get off of me. So this all leads up to an awesome scene, one of the best scenes of the season thus far, where Kareem asks Magic to come into a separate room in the locker room, talk a little bit. They start chatting it up. They start talking, uh, Kareem pretty much, you know, is asking, pulling Magic's leadership card, mm-hmm. uh, I think, and, and pulling his uh, respect card more or less, though. Yep. I think his exact words, you know, as far as, like, to to, to get respect, you got to give it. And that was the straw that broke the camel's back with Magic. You know, at this point, he had been cordial. He has been his mother's son. Respectful, I think, and to, a, to, every, to the ump degree, playing his rookie part and his rookie role. You but know, still with his personality. Yeah, what's up yeah doing uh the things that a rookie is supposed to do to going through the rookie hazing and stuff without a without a problem and he snaps if you will on Cap. oh he definitely snapped <laughs> right questions him his leadership and then it kind of goes down where they get into a little little scuffle or whatever like that
0: i'll tell you what, uh, I'm what a, i don't you know, know if, about that part i loved it and i, I want i want the fans to hear just that part where where he snapped back all right I don't think it'll get flagged. So I'm going to go ahead and play just a quick slip it from winning time. Rise of the Lakers dynasty.
1: I have to show some respect for this team, the team that you don't even run for the team that I've been working my off trying to bring together that team. We all calling you cap, but you ain't leading around here. You stopping it. We out there running like Ferraris while you're all moving like a cutlass on two flats. What did you
0: say to me? Yeah, so that's just a little taste, man. If you guys aren't watching it, you definitely want to go check out Winning Time, Rise of the Lakers Dynasty on HBO. Uh, Bro, I'm excited for next week, man. I'm excited for all the good sports we got coming up, man. But let's go ahead and wrap it up this week for Carolina Sports Talk. Bro, you got anything you want to leave with the people?
1: Nah, man. Just y'all stay blessed, man. Make sure y'all catch, uh, tell your friends to tell a friend about Carolina Sports Talk. How about that?
0: How about that? Uh, just before we get out, I do want to let you guys know you've been asking for it, and it's almost here. We've got hats coming. We've got T-shirts coming. We've got that's a big deal T-shirts coming. So uh, stay tuned real soon. It's coming to a TV, an uh, internet device, of Facebook or something. It's coming to you. But that's going to do it for another episode of Carolina Sports Talk. It's your main man, Big Cliff. Thank you for tuning in on your favorite podcast apps. Next time, tell your smart speaker, play Carolina Sports Talk. You can check us out on Instagram or Facebook at Carolina Sports Talk. Or you can jump on the Carolina Sports Talk, Talk Back Facebook page. And if you want to be a part of the show, hit us up, cliff at carolinasportstalk.net. And we gone.